0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? That
1: was absolutely
0: phenomenal. <laughs> it really was. You would never think a Hall of Fame player would say something like that no, to a rookie. I,
1: and I'm just imagining him walking up to the line starting to say it before he even gets into a two-point stance, let alone three-point stance. Yeah.
0: And I'm serious. Like, we're sitting here having a full-fledged conversation, and you're thinking, the ball's got to be snapped at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> like the ball the, the ball is going to be snapped.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Friends, we're also on SiriusXM XM Channel 80 at 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN is the call-in number. Thanks to our good friends at Dr. Pepper, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. And we start with the Nets from last night. I don't know about you, but Kyrie Irving looked like a guy that had an awful lot on his mind and looked like somebody that, uh, frankly, has been pretty distracted uh, because of his own silliness with stupidity and things that have been said over the last week and a half. He went out there and was absolutely atrocious last night against the Chicago Bulls.
0: Yeah, he was minus 14 in 32 minutes play, Carlin. And let me say this before I get anything else out of my mouth. Kyrie Irving deserves everything that he's going through right now because he put himself in an impossible situation and he boxed the organization into a corner to try to defend him while not making him available for the media. And that's the biggest problem that I have with him and his approach to things over the last three years. He always puts members of the Brooklyn Nets, whether it's teammates, coaches, or front office personnel, in positions where they have to answer for questionable decisions or opinions that he has, rather than being a man and being accountable for all of the things that he says and does. He leaves everything up to interpretation. He tries to hide behind ambiguity because he's this faux intellectual, when in reality, the things that he says he has convictions about? he doesn't really understand. And so that's the problem I have with Kyrie, and it creates so much disruption. It's no wonder that this team has been one of the biggest disappointments in the NBA over the last three years, and dare I say, the biggest disappointment when it comes to these created super teams in the last two decades.
1: The behavior's been, frankly, I don't want to use the word encouraged, but certainly enabled. It's been more than enabled. Uh, Over the last several years, they have let him do whatever he has wanted to do. Yeah. And they have let him do it without having to answer for it. And now he finds himself in a situation where he doesn't want to. He doesn't feel like he did anything wrong for thinking what he thinks and making that public. Now, Well, I can't did,
0: imagine he thinks he did anything right on the basketball court last night against the Bulls. I wouldn't think so. He was absolutely atrocious. I mean, save the fourth quarter where he showed signs of life, he was he, <laughs> he was a non-factor Throughout that game. I mean, Carlin, the Brooklyn Nets had a 12-point lead in the third quarter, and Kyrie Irving had nothing to do with it. Not nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like, there was a reason why he was on the bench for the most part. Like, this guy, I just, I don't even understand how to describe it as is to say that this this dude last night was a shell of the player that we've seen over the past couple of years in terms of his offensive production.
1: Yeah. Look, whether or not he thinks he did anything wrong, he did. And frankly, I don't understand why he's on the court right now, because it's not only just uh, tweeting it or retweeting it or however you want to put it, but he did, in fact, double down with things that he said the other night, especially in his exchange with Nick Friedle. And nobody seems to be doing anything about it. Mm. And that's frustrating when you look at the NBA history of hate speech is the wrong word, but saying things that are offensive to other cultures whoever it is or to, to homophobic comments anti-asian comments anti-african-american uh, comments whatever it is the league has always stepped up and done something to a player mm. and i'm kind of curious as to why the league has not done anything
0: here whatsoever well he, well, he didn't actually say anything right well he tw- he, ampli- he, retweeted he amplified it, materials he, that were offensive to the Jewish community. That's right. what happened. He didn't actually say anything. But then he started he talking didn't about it in the press conference. He didn't well he didn't really explain it though, Carly. Yeah. He just he just talked about how he has an opinion and he has a right to express that opinion. Well I think we're I think
1: we're splitting hairs at that point.
0: Because but but, but, I, but I think it's an important distinction to make though. If somebody comes out of their mouth and says something, i.e. Myers Leonard from the Miami Heat you can you can then understand why the NBA would step in and suspend that player and why the MBPA, the players union, wouldn't give you any pushback. But because Kyrie Irving didn't actually say the words or he didn't say he didn't put it out there on social media, he didn't actually put the terminology or the quotes on social media. He just, you know, I guess, promoted the material, the movie There, there, there is that. A, the plausible deniability for him to hide behind. I, I guess, but Chris,
1: there was an easy fix to this, and he chose not to do it. That all he had to do was come out in that press conference and say, "Yeah, that was not the the right thing to retweet," and me retweeting it doesn't mean I'm endorsing it or anything like that. Yeah,
0: but Kyrie Irving's not going to do he that. He didn't though. do any of
1: that, so no. I'm I'm going to hold him as accountable for that when those ideas are being pushed on his
0: platform. Now that aside, yeah, but I'm just saying you could understand why they can't suspend him though even though he's propagating materials that's offensive and hurtful, I, I I understand why it's a slippery slope in terms of the NBA or the Brooklyn Nets stepping in and suspending him. Well, here's the
1: other thing. How do you expect now, as we think, I mean, perhaps by the end of the show, Ime Adoka could be the Nets coach. How, yeah. how do we think that Ime Adoka is going to come in and all of a sudden fix this situation? Nobody could fix this situation. And bringing Ime Adoka into it is tantamount to pouring gasoline on a fire. Yeah, because you're bringing in somebody else. I continue to go back to the people that work in that organization, mm. and they can't be thrilled with what's been said about Kyrie. In fact, I know there are a lot of people in that organization who are not thrilled with what's going on with Kyrie. who are not thrilled with what's happened with Joe Psy with what he said, which was, you know, basically a milk toast uh, statement, so to speak. And then, uh you are going to bring in somebody that had issues up in Boston and and clearly there was more to it than just a simple affair. Otherwise, Mm. it would not have turned into what it turned into. And you're now showing women who work in your organization that maybe you don't particularly care about them if you're going to do it a month and a half removed. So to me, all the way around here, the Nets continue to make this a worse situation. And I didn't think that was possible when you're you're trying to keep Kyrie out of the mix altogether
0: by not having
1: him speak and having other people speak for him.
0: It's, yeah, I, I don't see how Ime Adoka steps in and makes all of this better. I get that the players had a good relationship a good coach, with him when he was assistant but, coach a couple of years ago, but he's not gonna fix this situation and he's not gonna change the behaviors that we've seen from Kai or K D. Those two guys are going to con- insist continue to insist that they have things done their way. And if that means they have to cycle through head coaches in order to get somebody that's amenable to doing it their way, then that's exactly what they're going to do. They're leveraging their talent in order to bully Sean Marks and Josiah into doing what they want. And I, I guess I'd have to say it this way. The Brooklyn Nets are spineless when it comes to trying to hold these two dudes accountable mm-hmm. for fear that they'll be a franchise without one of their superstars. Now, they're relevant because they have KD and Kyrie. They don't want to go back to a time where they don't have any superstars and they're forced to try to develop guys that are fringe players in the NBA. Now, they don't want to go back that route. On
1: You were on Get Up this morning. Amari Stadebier was there, the former Nets assistant head coach, and, of course, was very close to the situation
0: Last year, and here's what he had to say about Kyrie. From my understanding, I think Kyrie is still trying to figure out who he is, how to gather the information, and what does that mean for him. And I think what, what's happening right now is that he is, is not being very mindful of the information that he's putting out there. You know, some of that stuff is very hurtful, and, and, and there's no tolerance. There's no room for it. I think he has to understand what that means and be more mindful of that as he's learning and trying to figure himself out. Be, you know, be more, you know, considerate of, you know, the, the terms or what's in his video that may hurt other people. And he should, he should apologize for it.
1: Yeah, I, I, to me, it has nothing to do with trying to find yourself. It's just a guy who's going to do whatever the hell he wants. And uh, frankly, what, what I really don't understand, Chris, is just kind of a mantra in life that we could all live by. Mm. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for, for the reason that he can play basketball. The Nets probably believe they know who Kyrie Irving is. They just haven't cared because
0: of how he can play. And I get that. We see it in, in sports every day. But when is enough enough? There's no way they could have known that they were going to get this version of Kyrie Irving, though. When they signed him in free no, agency. No, I don't think yeah, they knew that. No. Stuff. <laughs> but I think over the last couple of years, he yeah. has shown them who he is. Exactly. And that's why I don't understand why they think a change at the head coaching spot is going to make things better. Sure, May might command more respect, but that's only going to create more friction which makes the situation more combustible. It's Canty and Carlin on
1: ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. For more on this, we welcome in Keyshawn Johnson, co-host of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max every morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Key, it's Canty and Carlin. and, And just right out of the gate, what has been your take on this whole Kyrie situation with the Nets over the last few days?
2: I don't really, to be honest with you, uh, Carlton. I really don't have a take on it. Um, my only thing is, I never, you know, you never want to see anybody hurt with anything—religion, race. I don't believe in none of that. I'm fair and equal to everybody across the board. Um, you know, everybody believes to their beliefs, and, and if, if that's what you believe in and certain things in life, you know, just keep it to yourself. Go ahead and be a closeted freak. You don't need to, to spill out all your negativity on other people and hurting other people, you know. But I, I don't really – like, I it, it's the weirdest thing in the world because I kind of remove myself from that sort of behavior when it comes to things like that with people. I don't even dive into it, you know. And I know it's a big sports topic, and I know people are, are into it. I'm simple with it. Wrong is wrong, and that's it. I I understand he may have been looking for something else and stumbled up on something, you know, and and he may have pushed sin on his social media device, which he probably shouldn't have. But I don't spend enough of my time and energy trying to dissect what goes on in people's minds like a Kyrie Irving, if, if that makes any sense to you.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense, Keith, because I don't think any of us can understand where Kyrie Irving is coming from with a lot of things. But I wanted to ask you, what was your take on the Brooklyn Nets pursuing Ime Adoka? Reports are out there now that they are finalizing a contract to make him their next head coach. What do you make of that situation introducing Ime with all of his baggage into the circus that the Nets are dealing with right now?
2: Well, here's what I would say. It's certainly a circus, right? Yeah, is it back? is it baggage? Because it certainly is consensual. It is he didn't physically harm or dominate or or anything like that. Like he wasn't in the what do you call the the thing that they the council culture me too movement harassing women, doing those sort of things. It was consensual from everything that I continue to hear and read. Now, is it against company policy? Yeah, the company policy was against and the Boston Celtics dealt with it, how they felt they needed to deal with it, which is essentially, I guess, suspending slash lightweight fire him. Now you have that situation where the Brooklyn Nets have to take it on and bring it into the building and have that swirling around and those questions brought up of why would you hire somebody who uh has, you know, this sort of kind of behavior uh around him They have to answer to that. But I wouldn't, you know, because it was consensual and and two grown adults. Like, again, I'm not getting in any adult man's personal business with his love affairs. I I just, that doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Okay, but to be fair, Key
1: I mean, listen, to be fair, as part of that whole investigation, they did find that he sent multiple inappropriate messages to Celtics female employees. So there is something more there than
2: just the... Just the affair. Okay, so 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 correct correct me then if I'm wrong, if there was a, a harassment complaint and things of that nature, then then that's another conversation that we yeah, need absolutely. to have, and that's where you need to educate me on. Because again, when this sort of thing comes up, I Chris and and Carlin, uh. I remove myself from it because I can't spend enough time on worrying about what a grown-ass man is doing in his personal life, I worry about if he's hurting anybody, he's harming anybody. But whatever it is when it comes to him and his girlfriend, fiancé, wife, all, I, can't, I can't get into that. I'm just not one of those. I don't want to call myself a journalist because I'm not a journalist, but I'm not one of those <laughs> None guys. Of them, sorry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys who spend the time on it. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole Tom Brady issue. I don't care. I hope his kids are happy. I hope his kids are okay. But I don't care about what him and Giselle's going through. Now, uh, listen, I get business. it, Key. All right.
1: All right, so with that in mind, let's move over to the commanders. <laughs> <laughs> there was a report earlier today, Key, uh, that the Snyders, and they they did put out a, a statement saying that they are exploring possible transactions. There's no... Uh, by any way, com- confirmation that they are selling the team. But given what everything that's going on in Washington, commanders on and off the field key, what is your read on that situation?
2: Um, it, It's, you know, like you said, it's kind of weird that they're saying they're exploring what does that mean? Or are you asking for somebody to buy the team, buy a piece of the team, a small percentage? Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, or are you just trying to see what the bids are out there? If somebody's willing to overpay, whatever the case is, he needs to get rid of the team, and his family needs to get rid of the team and move on. You don't need to have this dark cloud continue to hang over the National Football League and continue to beat it and give it more black eyes. You need to just remove, go, man. Just they don't seem like they want you as part of the club anymore. And if that's the case, take your six and a half billion dollars pay off your debt, pocket the $4.5 or whatever is going to be left over, go buy you another 300-foot yacht and a helicopter to put on top of it, and go buy an island somewhere and chill and live your life. Why go through all the headache? When some, it's just like, it's like think about it this way. When somebody doesn't want you and you continue to keep harassing them and bothering them and, 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 and trying to sell somebody on a car that they don't want to buy, at some point, get the get the point. They don't want you involved So take your money and go. Speaking of
0: people that nobody wanted, Geno Smith has had a renaissance year, Key. And, you know, I listen to your radio show every single morning. And you said this before the season started, that Geno Smith was capable of putting together a season like we're seeing right now. What did you see or what did you know coming into this year that made you think that Geno could be one of the very best quarterbacks in the National Football League in 2022?
2: Well, you know, I didn't know that he would go on being one of the best. And if you, if it was another time, you could argue, MVP, Canada, all that other stuff. What I did know is I watched him in college. I watched him with the Jets. And in the NFL, as you know, Canty, they give up on you real quick. No, no doubt. They don't, like if, it, yeah. if they don't feel like you giving them an opportunity to get to a third contract as a head coach, they give up on Yeah, hey, I got this guy's going to get me fired. Supposed <laughs> to working through it. And so as I have dissected it along the way, and I looked at him since he's been in Seattle when he's had the opportunity to get underneath the center, I say, you know what? And and people hate this. They hate it, Carlin. Oh, they hate it. And when I say, it's the same thing as Russell Wilson. What's the difference? Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? It's like, no, I'm not out of my mind. I've played with enough quarterbacks. I've seen enough balls spinning in the air to know That's no different. It's no different. But because one player's got a lot of yeast on it and it blows up and it looks really good and yummy, you'll fall for anything with people selling you. And that wasn't Geno Smith. If Geno Smith was being packaged up and sold to you nine, eight years ago, you'd sit there and be like, wow, man, he's really good. But he never came in like that. He never came in. He was always, the underdog, so to speak, second-round pick guy. Well, you know, usually if you're not taking a quarterback in the first round, nobody thinks he can play, right? And, and that was the case. But he got an opportunity. Pete Carroll said it, and I saw it with my own eyes, and I said it's the same thing to me. Defense, run the football, don't allow your quarterback to make any mistakes, exactly what Russell Wilson did for about the first seven years or so in his career in Seattle.
1: Kay, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Talk soon. Hey,
0: wait, you didn't give me my intro. No, just kidding. No. Nah. <laughs> We're downplaying it a little bit, but nah, trust
1: me. But tr- today wasn't a day, but trust me, it's coming.
0: It's coming. Trust me, it's coming. Carly, what you got to know about Keyshawn is it ain't never over. Oh, no, no, no. ain't no, never no. over, you get the last word. Believe that. <laughs> Believe that.
1: Keyshawn Johnson, co-host of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and, of course, ESPN NFL analyst every morning between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern
3: Time. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin.
1: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insur- Insurance. There's just not nearly enough going on today. Uh, as usual, <laughs> more drama all over the place. And when I say that we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance, I should point out That Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of the rare times where you can save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com. So Dan Snyder and his wife, Tanya, have hired Bank of America Securities to explore the sale of the franchise, or as they say, to explore possible transactions and all available options. In their statement, they also said in their statement, they will continue to build toward, uh, continue having the gold star when it comes to workplace and fire. No, they didn't. Yes, they didn't they say did. that.
0: No, they didn't. No, they said something like that. No, they didn't. The gold there's, standard. There's no way. There's no yeah, way. It, they there's didn't. no way they could say that. Hang on. That. Please, give me a second. Please tell me they didn't put that give me, in the statement. Give me a second. No, you're right. That, that's statement. what it said. The sniders remain committed to the team, all of its employees, its <laughs> countless fans, to putting the best product on the field and. Continuing the to work, continuing the work to set the gold standard for workplaces in the NFL. Absolutely ridiculous. I told you. It's absolutely ridiculous and completely tone deaf You know, to it sounds that like, kind of statement. It, it sounds like Kyrie wrote that. I mean, honestly, in terms of being tone deaf. Yeah, or or Kanye, one of the yeah. two. But, but here's the problem. Aaron Rodgers. But here's the problem with this all, Carlin. I mean, we already have the ongoing congressional investigation into – Daniel Snyder in the culture of workplace misconduct, right? We have that ongoing. We already had the first NFL investigation into workplace misconduct that led to a $10 million fine and Dan Snyder having to step away from the team for a year, okay? Now there is a second NFL investigation by Mary Jo White stemming from the sexual misconduct allegations made by Tiffany Johnson, um, the unwanted sexual advances, so on and so forth. That's on Daniel Snyder himself. Concurrently, we have the attorneys general from Virginia and Washington, D.C., investigating the Washington commanders and their financial improprieties, which the team continues to deny. So you have all of these investigations that have happened or are ongoing over the course of the last two years. And at this point, it's becoming increasingly more difficult for the NFL to do business in the DMV area. What I mean by that is this. FedEx Field is falling apart. Uh The Washington Commanders need a new stadium. Maryland, D.C., North Virginia want to build that new stadium. They can't get any public support to build that new stadium as long as Dan Snyder is the owner of that team. Carlin, the NFL, the 30 other owners are looking at this situation and saying – We've got to continue to apply pressure to Dan Snyder to get him to do what we all want him to do, which is to sell a team. They're not going to pull off an ouster and, you know, have 24 of the 32 owners vote him out. That's not going to happen. But what they're going to continue to do is apply pressure with these investigations. We already have Congress looking into them. You know, you've got the state governments looking into them. And that's why I think this news today is significant. Now, this is on the heels of the commanders issuing a statement a couple of weeks ago where they said Daniel Snyder's not selling the team. In effect, they said they're not going to sell the team. Now they're hiring Bank Bank of America to potentially seek out transactions regarding the sale of the team. I, I mean, this is... This is a development that a lot of people are looking at as a positive. With Dan Snyder, I'll always be skeptical because I know how he's he's held on to this team for so long and how how stubborn he is, but it feels like it's reaching a tipping point right now with this saga.
1: Yeah, listen, uh, J.P. Finley, of course, from D.C., uh, a guy who knows that city inside and out, and pointed this out on Twitter today, and this is 100% accurate. Entirely possible that this is just selling a minority stake to get cash in, to help build a stadium, now I don't think that's the case. Well, the, I here's, think the,
0: here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up. The NFL Financial Committee would have to approve that, mm-hmm. and there's no way. Yeah, I don't that think those that's owners the case. are going to approve that. No, I that's don't. That's not going
1: to happen. No, I, I'm just throwing it out there for the for the sake of clarity on it. But there's no way that's going to happen. They are doing everything they can to force him to sell, and my guess is at some point here in the last couple of weeks. Somebody made a full-on dossier and threw it in front of Dan right on his desk and said, here's everything we got. You want this? You
0: want to do this? We're going to do it. So you can either sell the team or not. Yeah, uh, there's there's somebody that has that dossier that you're talking about with all of the improprieties from Dan Snyder, both uh, professionally and personally. And then on the other side is a $5 billion check. Exactly. For his franchise exactly, and say how you how you want to play this dog. It's up to you, man. It's up to you. When he paid eight hundred million for the team, yeah. So he's
1: making you're going to make $4.2 four, four, four dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think there's any question as to what's going to happen here eventually. And Chris, let's call this what it is. Look at the history of the Washington franchise, and please tell me what better development has happened for that franchise. In the last 25 years since he has owned the team,
0: you you can't name it, Carlin. Dan Snyder being forced to sell the team is better than finding a franchise quarterback for that team right now.
1: But think about that for a second that he bought this team in May of 1999. Yeah. They have won two playoff games, both wildcard games. Yeah. Since two. I mean, the Cowboys have won more since then. Well, maybe not, but it's close. No, they have. Is it three? Three to yeah. two? Yeah, yeah. okay. Now, listen, that'll tell you the futility. That's the point. <laughs> the best thing that has happened to a franchise, is not a quarterback. It's not a coach. It's not achieving greatness. It's not anything in the community. It's none of those things. It's that since the day he bought the team, the greatest thing that could happen is that he could sell the team. That's saying
0: something. Yeah. That is real. I mean... And man, here's the thing, Carlin. That is an absolute huge market for the NFL. Oh, I mean, that's massive. a top five to seven market in the National Football League. Massive. It, it's too big. It's too valuable to be as dysfunctional as it has been over the last two decades. And that's why I think the owners want this, even though most of them won't publicly say it. Now, J- 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 Jim Irsay came out and said it. Jim Irsay was saying that there is enough there for I- us to make a decision to vote him out. He was saying that there is enough there where you could make a case that Dan Snyder should not be a part of the National Football League. I think he was the one that said the quiet thing loud, and this is something that the owners were discussing when they were in New York a couple of weeks ago, no matter what any of them will be willing to say on the record. Dan Snyder came up, and I don't think it's a coincidence that days later, Carlin, we're getting this news that he's hiring Bank of America to look into potential transactions with the team.
1: No, it's happening.
0: Yeah. It's happening. I mean, Dan Snyder was right about one thing. The NFL is a mafia. And guess what? The bosses say they want you out. Now, in this case,
1: I you want to tell me Dan Snyder's gone? Show me when he's out of the building. That's when I would. And I think we're all headed in that direction, and these are positive signs.
0: Show me when he's gone. You want to see the body? Yeah. You want to see the body? I'm not going to believe it. You want to see the body? See him. <laughs> it's until like I Michael Myers body. in Halloween. Exactly. You want to see the body? Yeah. <laughs> Don't just
1: bring me the head. and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, we're going to have RG3 to talk about this, too. We are. Yeah. In just a little bit. Next hour, he will join us, and I think there's not many people who could provide a lot more context on Daniel Snyder and that whole situation in Washington than Robert Griffin third. He will join us in just a bit.
2: Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin.
1: I was really upset by this, frankly, this morning Mm. when I saw this. What's that? I'm a big dog guy. Love dogs. Yeah. Okay, I'm allergic to them and I love them. We have a dog and I, you know, used to go and get shots and I take nasal spray and all that stuff.
0: So you've gone through a lot.
1: To have a dog. For your love for your dog. Love dogs. Yeah. a family, this was in the New York Post, that loved their dog a golden retriever after the dog passed away decided to have the dog turned into a rug like what yeah like a rug that of an animal that somebody had hunted that yeah. has the head yeah, and yeah, yeah. the
0: skin they, they they turned him into a rug
1: they turned it into a rug i mean and and they think it's you know awesome it's our beloved Dog, you know, it's our, it's beloved Fido and the Golden, like I could as, not as a rug. be, I could not have been more upset by that what this is morning. This, Buffalo Bill yeah, family from no, Silence of the Land? I mean, I, I, holy cow. Like seriously, it threw me off this morning. Who does that? Like, I don't even like the idea, and I know people do it, of, uh, Using a taxidermist after your pet passes yeah, away and, and they stuffing stuff the dog, yeah, you know, stuff or the, stuff dog the dog animal, yeah yeah, 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 I get that. I, and, okay, and I get it a little bit more. I don't love the idea. It's strange, yeah. I, it's I I think it's out there. Yeah. This one, I mean, Evan Wilner, our producer, is a big dog guy too. Am I correct, Evan?
0: We've right. got to we'll get to from him in Evan. a second. Yeah. But he's he's a big dog guy. Sure. He was completely thrown off. Do you like dogs? Are you a dog guy? I, I'm a dog guy. My my first pet was a dog, and Mm -hmm. she lived until I was 15 years old, so a long, full life, and then when she passed away, I couldn't bring myself to get another pet, but that's just because I loved her so much, and I didn't think I was capable of loving another pet as much as I loved Tiffany. So it was a situation where I didn't go the route of getting another dog, but Mm -hmm. I could never, ever imagine stuffing Tiffany and having her mounted. No. But taking it to another extreme, Using Tiffany's remains and creating a rug—that to me is just the ultimate disrespect. Because you walk on a rug, why would you want to walk all over your loved one? It doesn't make any sense. What am I raising, Jeffrey Dahmer? My dog, my dog lies on the rug. So, like, what if I do get another dog? Is the dog gonna lie on the other dog rug? Like that is—that's where I got freaked out. Is the other dog gonna be the new dog's bed? No, right. (laughs)
1: All the way around. It just seems
0: disrespectful to me.
1: I agree. It's not
0: a way to honor your dog and the memories that you created with your pet. I totally agree. The people that get ashes of their pet, I get that. I totally get that. This thing, I'm legit concerned for the children in this family. I I, I don't know what they're raising in their household, but this is very, very strange.
1: Flat out creeps. What drives me nuts sometimes in sports is when you have the feel-good story of a franchise that has really come and finally started to uh, establish themselves as a good franchise. Yeah. And this is after years and years and years of disappointment. And then they jump the gun before they're even fully there. Either in something they say or whatever. And this is what has happened today. Okay. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. On the ESPN app, hit us up at a Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Your guy Tua, I mean. No, that's your guy. I just your guy. You, you, I thought I, it, Tua Tonga Dolphins quarterback. All right, he's neither of our guy, really. No, but this really doesn't help him to become our guy. This is Tua earlier today on the Dolphins potentially being Super Bowl contenders.
3: Yeah, I, I think throughout OTAs and throughout training camp, um, we could see the potential that we had um, as a team, offensively and defensively, and. You know, we're we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about, you know, going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to to go to one, and then, you know, hopefully winning one. Um, but yeah, if if you were to ask me that, I, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable.
1: And he didn't say say just Super Bowl Super Bowls. Yeah. Now, listen, it's not quite as bad as I thought it was but i would say that can we just you know
0: win this week well no I, I don't i think the goal for every team is to win a super bowl when you come into a season so i have no problem with the player verbalizing it but when Tua loses me is when you start talking about super bowls that's my issue yeah you you put plural on it so you're you're already looking ahead to what this team is going to be in the future As if this is the beginnings of a dynastic window. And this is a franchise when he's been since he's been the quarterback that hadn't been to the postseason. Like, first of all, can we just start with you, Tua, the quarterback, staying healthy for all of the games? Yeah. That that's the baseline. Like, in order to consistently be competitive in the National Football League, your quarterback is gonna have to stay healthy. Tua hadn't been healthy his first three years in the NFL. And what was the (laughs) knock on him coming out of college, Carlin? He couldn't stay healthy. He's yep. small, couldn't stay healthy. And now we add another layer on top of that with the concussions. Aren't we still all holding our breath every single time this guy takes a hit? Yep. Didn't we see that on Sunday Night Football against the Steelers when he decides to go headfirst into a linebacker? Like, these are all the things that we're still concerned about. And then on top of that, Carlin, when you start talking about winning Super Bowls in the AFC, that means you got to go through Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills. You got to go through Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And Carlin, The Miami Dolphins ain't winning their division this year. So that means you got to go on the road as a wild card to Orchard Park. You got to go on the road as a wild card to Arrowhead Stadium. Have we seen enough from the Miami Dolphins to have confidence that they're going to be able to get that done? No. No. And then we're talking about Tua making his playoff debut this year. Now, I fully expect the Dolphins to be a playoff team. Tua's a good quarterback. Right, Carlin? Yeah. In the games that he started— He's a nice and, little quarterback. In the games that he started and they finished, he's 5-0, and and mm-hmm. their team averages 10 more points per game. He's a difference maker in terms of distributing the football. The supporting cast around him is very, very good, and they got better by adding Bradley Chubb to that defense. But, Carlin, last year, quarterbacks that were making their playoff debut, they were 1-4 with an average QBR of 41— and, Carlin, get this. In the four losses, the total points in terms of margin of loss was 76. So, basically, all of the quarterbacks that made their playoffs debuts last year, with the exception of Joe Burrow, played awful, and they lost by an average of 20 points. Let me ask you That's this what question. we're talking about. Okay. So, so, when we start projecting what this Miami Dolphins team can be this year, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to go on a Super Bowl run. I, I have a hard time believing that they are this year's Bengals. No.
1: I don't think they are.
0: Well, I don't think Tua is Joe Burrow. No. He's not. And, no. And think about it. The organization didn't think Tua was Joe Burrow coming out. That's why Brian Flores was told by Stephen Ross, we want you to lose all these games because we want Joe Burrow. And because you didn't lose all those games – you ended up having to settle for Tua. But the Dolphins organization, the owner of the Dolphins, told us they wanted Joe Burrow because they think he's better than Tua. So as a Dolphins fan, don't sell me that you're going to be this year's Bengals because your quarterback ain't Joe Burrow. No, no. I mean, they believed that Joe Burrow
1: was better because Joe Burrow is better than Tua. and he No, he is. He just flat out is. Yeah. There's no getting around that. And I, I just don't like hearing Super Bowls from Tua. As opposed to Super Bowl, it's one thing to state your goal, but Super Bowls, yeah.
2: Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.